Our scripture today comes from the book of Psalms, 139, verses 1 through 12. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light to you. Would you please pray with me? Holy God, we thank you for this time together. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and pleasing in your sight. Let's learn more about how your son Jesus lives so that we may go and do likewise. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas to you all. It is still, in fact, the Christmas season. And I know for some folks, December 26 comes and bam, down goes the Christmas tree. And I get it. I really, really do. With Christmas seeming to creep up closer and earlier and earlier in the calendar, I don't blame folks for wanting to open the presents, sing a few carols, and move on to the eternal abyss that is known as January. But it is still, liturgically, Christmas. And I gotta be honest, friends, I, I don't really want this Christmas to end. Because this year, my son has absolutely loved, loved Christmas. We've spent time with family and friends. We've driven around to see Christmas lights. We cut down a real Christmas tree. We made cookies. We put up lights. We watched Christmas movies. We have done this year just about every single thing you could ask for in a Christmas season. And my son has approached all of it with absolute wonder. Whether it's watching a Charlie Brown Christmas for the fifth day in a row, or hearing my toddler say, Daddy, look, Christmas lights, from the backseat of the car every 30 seconds, I just, I don't get tired of it. Because it feels like in this overworked, overstimulated, overcaffeinated society we call the modern day, there is this severe lack of wonder. Nothing seems to grasp our attention, at least not for very long anyway. It is unlikely there is just one root cause for this, but in a society where all the world's knowledge is available in your pocket and you have access to just about anything you want, so long that you have the means for it anyway, at the click of a button, it is some hard, sometimes hard to be surprised, excited, passionate, and feel that sense of wonder about, well, anything. Cynicism often wins, and honestly, with all that's going on in the world, I don't blame anyone for feeling that way. But here's the deal, friends. I, I think we can do better than that. 
I believe that it is possible to recognize the real problems of the world, but also find the real beauty in it. We can rediscover wonder each and every day, but it takes a little bit of an attitude adjustment. And for me, this adjustment is more than just a, hey, look on the bright side, happy-go-lucky, optimistic naivete. But rather, it's an adjustment to the true nature of the world. It is seen through the darkness that we experience to the truth that lies at the center of the created order. Psalm 139 that we just read. And let's reread verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. The psalmist claims that God is in the entirety of the world, that there is nowhere we can go where God won't be present, that the presence of the divine pulses throughout the created order. And it isn't just the psalmist who says this. In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul writes that he is convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nowhere we can escape or separate from the presence and love of God. Now, don't get it all twisted, my friends. Sometimes this inescapable nature of God is interpreted as some sort of all-knowing Santa Claus. God is not inescapable so that God can determine if you're naughty or nice. God is not inescapable so God can then judge you. No, God is in inescapable due to two very distinct movements. First, the human heart is always searching for God. Now, hold up. I know what you might be thinking. How can that be? There are plenty of folks that don't believe in God. How can they be searching for God? And sometimes, even as a Christian, I'm more desperate for a contrap supreme than I am for God, to which I would say true, and I've been there on the contrap supreme. But at our core level, if we believe that we are created by God, that each and every person is created in the, in the image of God, as scriptures attest, then our deepest inner cores are always searching for God. Whether we interpret God to be satisfaction, charity, belonging, peace, grace, love, our hearts and souls are reverberating towards that which we came from and which is the true source of all those things. Well, maybe not the crunch wraps, but everything else, the supreme goodness of the world which comes from God. Augustine, one of the most influential figures in the history of theology, wrote in the beginning of his works, Confessions, thou, meaning God, hast made us for thyself, and restless is our heart until it comes to rest in thee. Let me repeat that. Thou hast made us for thyself, and restless is our heart until it comes to rest in thee. So this work was originally in Latin. And some scholars translate that idea, thou hast made us for thyself, 
is not this idea that God owns us in some sort of way, but rather that we are made to move towards God. We are made to move closer to God, to live into the peace that God promises for us, the hope, the grace, and love that God embodies. We are created to move in further and further into that. Our restless hearts can only find peace once we have, mo- we have moved closer towards God because that is what we ultimately desire. Love, hope, peace. And some folks would say, yeah, but we, we, we often sin and do bad things, right? But you see, sin is what goes against our created self. So therefore, God is inescapable because we are always searching for God. That in of itself is a wondrous reality in our world, that we are programmed to search for good, even if we get it wrong sometimes. But the second movement, and maybe perhaps more importantly, is the one we see most clearly this time of year. It's the movement of God towards us. Now, if you're here when I'm worship leading, quite often I typically start off our prayers with something like, we come to this moment of prayer remembering that it is not through prayer that we bring God closer to us, but rather we tap into the divine that is constantly surrounding us. And that's true. We can't bring God on our own closer to us. But that's because God has already chased after us. After all, that's what the Christmas story is really all about. It's the story that God forsook heaven to come here to be with us. It's the story of word becoming flesh and dwelling here among the muck and the mire right alongside us, showing us what it means to live, to love, and to be human. That's, so, that's what's so gripping about the story of Christ. Gods traditionally do not do the kind of things that Jesus did. So that's what's so powerful about this story. And Christ was so committed to showing us what God is actually like that Christ came into the world knowing perfectly well what the world would do to him, that the world would reject him. But even still, Emmanuel, God with us, came into the world anyway. Nowhere we can go, no heights nor depths we can achieve that can separate us from God. Now, I'd surely call that a sign of beauty and wonder in the world. God is within this world, knowing us, caring for us, even in the darkest of places. And as the psalmist writes in verse 11, if I say, truly, surely the darkness shall cover me and the night wraps itself around me, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness as as light to you. You know, this past Christmas may have been the most magical for our family in recent memory. But it certainly hasn't been the most meaningful in recent memory. No, that Christmas was Christmas of 2020. You know all, you all know what was going on that Christmas in the wider scope of the world. And for our family, we were spending it away from our family in northern Iowa. It was also the first Christmas with our son. But even still, I was bound and determined as a pastor to make that Christmas special for the congregation I was serving at the time. We had spent that year just like so many other congregations, adjusting, hoping, experimenting, and learning how to be a church in the midst of a pandemic. We had successfully done virtual services, drive-in services, outdoor services, 
And it was getting colder and colder, and so we knew Christmas Eve was going to be tough to figure out. I remember we had a mass meeting with some of our uh, church leaders trying to determine what we should do. And actually, it hadn't been that bad of a December, temperature-wise. Um, the first few days were in the 50s. It was constantly hovering around that upper 40s temperature. And for folks in northern Iowa, that's shorts and tank top weather. So we kind of figured, you know, with, with, with the congregation's high tolerance for weather, um, mixed in with their pastor's stubbornness, you know, let's, let's plan a drive-in service for Christmas Eve. So we quickly got to work. We arranged for all the music to be piped outside. We arranged a system for folks to have their candles for Silent Night beforehand. I, I even found tiki torches to be our Advent wreath. Finding tiki torches in December is really hard, just so you all know. Now, I remember saying in the midst of all the preparation, look, even if it's 30 degrees outside, we'll be fine. I'll be the only one outside of their car, and I'll just bundle up a bit more. We're good. We can have it no matter what. Now, I went back and checked the historical records to just make sure I wasn't going to be exaggerating on this next point. On December 23rd in Cedar Falls, Iowa, the temperature was 50 degrees. On December 24th, the temperature at 7 p.m. service time was 4 degrees. With 30 mile per hour winds. Honestly, that entire day, I was just an absolute wreck. I was so upset. I was so mad. I said, I can't believe this is happening. No one's going to come. We should just cancel it. And I know we could. Most other churches did stream that, only stream that year for Christmas Eve, and there was absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. But the three or four folks who were having to come in to serve said, hey, we'll still come in. We'll live stream it. It might just be one or two cars. It'll be fine. Others can just tune in from home. My elder for that night even brought me snow pants most generously to make sure I would stay warm. I'll never, ever forget stepping outside the church doors that Christmas Eve and seeing 30 cars honking their horns, flashing their lights, and celebrating Christmas together. We sang the songs, we told the story, and I'll never forget everyone getting out of their cars and at that point, negative two degree weather to light their candles and hold them up to silent night. A sign that despite all we had been through, a pandemic, uncertainty, loneliness, isolation, loss of tradition, divisiveness, sickness, and death, we were still here. God, Emmanuel, was still with us. And despite the darkness, the light of the world would not be Extinguish. Darkness will not overcome the light. And the light of the world is within the world, filling the world with wonder. If only we are brave enough to see it. And that wonder and beauty isn't just within creation, but within each and every single one of us. Because here's where the good news gets even better. The psalmist in verse 1 writes, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. That verse applies to you and you and you and you. And yeah, all of them too. 
Friends, I don't, I don't know where you find yourself heading into this new year. But I, my earnest prayer for you is that you rediscover the wonder and goodness of the world all around you, within yourself and within others too. Amen.